thank you to our three sponsors for supporting our podcast. John Russell's Art Caterers and Milltown Pies, who offer fantastic catering services. Alexander Grace Law, who provide modern and client-led legal services. And SBE Furnishings, who offer high-quality furnishings and electrical items at fantastic prices. I'll tell you another funny one, if you don't mind, just a quick one. Uh, I played at Lords, and as again, my batting was appalling. And I uh, played against Wayne Daniel, who, uh, as you know, you, the younger lads, I'm sure, have heard of him. He's quicken. Playing at Lords, first time I played at Lords. And Wayne Daniel had been left out of the West Indies uh, touring team. The West Indies were over to tour England, and he'd been left out. And the West Indies were, were practicing on the nursery end, in the nets at the back of the nursery end. And they came to watch Viv Richards, Clive, Gordon Greenwich, were stood watching Wayne Daniel bowl, as though he needed any motivation to bowl at me, you know. <laughs> and uh, he was coming in, he was running in, he was running in, and he was coming in, he was like a big gangster running in, you know, it frightened me. So I went out to bat, number nine, and again, we're in all sorts of... Tr- and David Lloyd was at the other end, Bumble was at the other end, and this is a true story as I sit here, and David Lloyd came down to me and he said, Scotty, you'll never have seen anyone as quick as this lad, <laughs> just to make me feel better. <laughs> and uh, my knees... The knees went from under me, really. And I had a, it was early days of helmets. I looked like Torchy the Battery Boy with this helmet on. Again, you won't remember it, but I, like I had a motorcycle helmet on. And, uh, and he said to me, uh, you'll never have seen anyone as quick as him. And I say, my knees went. And he said, what you've got to do is pick your bat up early. Get your bat up nice and early. Get ready and be ready for him because he's quick. So I went to the other end and I took my guard and I looked behind me and it was like 300 yards. It seemed about 100 yards back where Paul Downson, the keeper, from the slips were. I was in a little vacuum all on my own. There was no one around me. and had a short leg. And it was, it was all surreal. And he was miles away on his run-up and he came running in, pounding in, pounding. And I'm thinking, pick your bat up, pick your bat up. And I picked my bat up and the ball whistled past my ear roll and I never moved. I just stood there with the bat up. And I thought, you know, you feel the, the wind go past your head. And it went, and they heard about two seconds later, it Paul Daniel's gloves, Paul Downton's gloves, and he, and he heard, well ball, well ball. And I was still stood there like that with my bat up. And David Lloyd, this is true, came down to me and said, Scotty, forget that, keep your bat down, keep your bat down. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Anyway, I was out next ball, and that was that, I walked off, thank God for that. True story. And it is, and that's why the lights are Danny said, this, this man is such a character in the story. And they all are 100% true. Stan, can you, 100% remember true. Can you remember in those dressing rooms, Stan? Well, I can. And um, can I just say to begin with, I don't know whether Adam will edit this or not, but um, to, to be on the same podcast as Gary and Chris uh, has made my year. Because we don't see enough of either of them. And I know there are reasons for that. Uh, we don't see enough of either of them. Two fabulous guys. Gary was, as has been described already, and I say this even though he didn't like me, uh, a great captain, a great leader. And and Scotty was just an astonishing, and still is, an astonishing character. I first met Chris when I played for North Lancashire Under-15s against South Lancashire Under-15s in the final county trial in 1974 at Old Trafford. George Law from Barrow threw upon a length and that, and that summed up my performance. Uh, I dropped a catch, I went for a quick run out and threw it for four. And I think I got 10 before Les Jackson, who went on, I think, to become a famous Warrington bowler, bowled me out with it. It was an absolute disaster. And there behind the sticks, 
Scotty, just help me out because my my memory's faded a bit. Yeah. I'm guessing you should have played for Southland, but I, I feel yeah. you played for Northland. No, I played for I played against you. I think. Too sure I was. Against you did. And, and if I can just say say this, I've never seen Chris before, and the and, and the South Southlands had an opening bowler who I'd played against for the school grammar school. God bless Merlin Grammar School and Mel Saunders. And this bowler was the fastest thing I'd ever seen. Bearing in mind at this time, I hadn't played first team cricket, but I did that season. He was the fastest bowler I'd ever seen. And the first over of the game, Scotty stood up to him. And we were in the changing room saying, look at that man. How can he possibly stand up to this beast? Not only did he stand up, he took catches off the thin edge, he took catches off the thick edge and stumpy. And that's how good... Chris Scott was, and uh, it's been very interesting to hear his career, uh, which I did know, of course. Uh, I once went to an evening with Barry Richards, Capital Dev, Imran Khan, and Ian Bolton, and they got through their careers slightly quicker. <laughs> but it's absolute, <laughs> absolutely great to hear his career. Right, enough you. Let's move on. <laughs> and the stories he tells, the sing-songs we've had, oh, and you've mentioned oh. the politics, yes, I can't get away from it. Can't get away from it. Well, we played a lot. Of, we spent a lot of time together, didn't we, Stan? With police games. We spent a lot of time with the burglary squad together, Scotty. Yeah, and we detected a murder together, didn't we? Scotty will be mentioning that. And, and, and I think the headline is Law House Cricketers Detect Gruesome Murder. And that's yourself, me, and Jez Hall. And he wasn't even in the police at the time. No, well, he wasn't. But we were having a brew at his house. <laughs> Scotty, I didn't spoil your stories. Don't spoil mine. <laughs> We'll come on to that story. It is an absolute classic. It really is funny. So, Chris, the listeners, they just want to know a bit more. It's so interesting. So you've got to that stage of your career. You, yeah. You've just mentioned there, you're 20. You know, yeah. you, you smash your thumb. And, and yeah. we know, you know, Gary and, and, and Dooch and Joe Martin want to sing your hands. But in the dressing room, your hands are... They're like, oh, they still what? are. They still fingers are short. We used to wear, Joe, we used to wear chamois leather. Uh, wet inner gloves, you know, they were chamois. You know, like... Yeah, yeah. And wet and cold wet. Because some dressing rooms, you didn't have any warm water. If you get warm water, you would use them. But mostly it's cold water. And so you kept wicked with these wet chamois inners on, you know, which were no, no good for your arthritis at all. And I broke nearly everything. I can bend me thumb more or less. This one that Imran Khan broke. I can bend it more or less. And you still thumb it in, Scotty? No, I can't throw it at all. <laughs> Rag <on. laughs> So, uh, Scotty, you didn't say throw it in. He said thumb it in. But that's <laughs> oh, no, I said throw it in. But you don't go there with that. No, we're not. <laughs> but Chris used to... Uh, be careful what you say, Scotty, because Joe yeah. Martin is not as tough as you. He's already in you. But anyway, um, <laughs> Scotty <laughs> on cold days and his fingers would be white. You know, yeah. not necessarily cold days, they would be white because of his injuries of being a pro cricketer. And, you know, I don't know, now we listen to these stories, Chris, maybe showing off a little bit with your collar up, stood up, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got to 20 you've realized yeah. then that you've you know you've got these injuries how did you start i just started, uh, I just started stu stuttering a little then and a bit of confidence dropped a little and we signed michael holding where, where it kind of came to a bit of an end michael holding was playing at uh, Richton in the league yeah. and we signed him to play midweek for lancashire you know while he was over yeah. and a uh, great bowler you know but um and I kept okay to him, but I missed a couple of chances off him early on, and I struggled with the confidence. The same, my batting was average, and I kind of saw the writing on the wall. You know, I saw it coming. 
and it resulted in, I think it would have been July 82, uh, my contract was due for renewal and they, they sacked me, they released me from contract, which was a real at the time. That was 1980. That must be so difficult. Joe, Joe Martin, I, I mean, as a, a young wicketkeeper, what, what's your thoughts about that at that age? Well, it must be, uh, it must be soul destroying, especially if you've, you know, you've worked hard at your game for so long. Um, I was just going to say, when you released in 1982, I actually have a book that someone's borrowing at the minute of the who's who of cricketers, 1983, <laughs> yeah. and and you're and you're in it. It's got your um, it's got your full address and uh, phone number. <laughs> yeah. It also has it also has Clive Lloyd's full address and phone number in it. Permission to come in, Jez, on Chris Scott's notifications in uh, cricketing manuals. Oh. As you know, Chris joined the police. And uh, I, I was given the task of looking after him. I'd had Woodworth under my wing. Somehow I managed to get through it. Um, and we were on the burglary squad together, myself and Chris. And I said to him, Chris, I said, the, the, the all-time Lancashire Cricket Club, all my necks come out. And it's in WH Smith. He said, come on. He said, let's go and have a look at it. So we down pens and pencils and shut the cell door on the prisoner. And we went down to, to WH Smith. Chris gets the book off the shelves. Oh, he said, I mentioned, he said, I mentioned, page 96 and page 125. <laughs> Get it up, let's have a look. Page 96 described how he cost Lancashire the game by dropping Ian Wolf. <laughs> yeah, correct. I said, never mind, Chris. I said, never mind. Because he said, bloody hell, look at this. Fancy, <laughs> Fancy that. Fancy that. And I've got, I said, let's have a look at page 120. <laughs> through the leaves, through the we get to page 120 or and Chris Scott was released by Lancashire. An outstanding <laughs> wicketkeeper. Unfortunately, his ineptitude with the bat cost him his play. <laughs> yeah. How sad. How sad. Lancashire's lost. Yeah. Waterhouse Cricket Club's gain and Burnley Police and therefore the public of Burnley's. Thanks, Correct. 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 So, Scotty, let's just go back to... So, you've, you've had that sad news. I'm assuming it's at the end of a contract. Your contract... Yeah. Oh, they, they released uh, me, Bernard Reedy, Andy Kennedy, and Peter Lee, uh, uh, who was a bold scene bowler. Again, the names, Joe might not have those names, but uh, they were all decent cricketers. And, uh, yeah, and uh, we all went on the same day. That was it, done. And I was 22. I had a child, Craig, my son Craig, and my first wife. Uh, we were, I was married at the time. And uh, as Joe rightly said, it was a, it was, it was a real uh, difficult moment in, uh, in my life, really, because... In those days, of course, don't forget, like now, there are sports psychologists, there are people who uh, mentor, there are uh, the, the, the pros now, they look at uh, careers away from cricket, you know, they develop themselves in other areas. There was none of that in my day. It was still very much uh, a man's sport. You know, it was uh, drinking, smoking, and you know what, <laughs> after, uh, after play. And there was nobody to put their arm around you. You know, you stood or you fell, and that was it. And unfortunately... Uh, and say no excuses. I had my chance, and, uh, and people amongst us tonight who certainly deserved a chance. I got a chance, but unfortunately, although I did okay for a period of time, I just uh, keep me going in that. So I was released. I was chucked yeah. out. And I, I don't think, Scotty, cracky, you've been there. You've, you've, you know, you've got the memories, and you've you've seen all that. And you know, it's like when we spoke to Tony Woodworth about his footballing career. You know, we've. Yeah, we've all we've all played decent levels. We've all done what we've done, but we've not been paid for a, a period of time as professional mm. sportsmen. So that can never be taken away from you. So from then, you're 22, like you said. Or, you know, yeah. Craig, yeah, you know, 
Craig used to come down the club with you, you know, when you yeah. came down. And so, what did you do from there? What was your? Well, I had, I, I, I was struggling. I had to get a job, of course, because the pay hadn't been great. Anyway, I never, I didn't get a first team cap. I was second team cap, but I didn't get a first team cap. So my salary wasn't. So I managed to get a couple of jobs. I think I worked for Salford Rugby for a while. Uh, lottery in the old, the early days of lottery with bingo and yeah. things yeah. like that. And I had a few jobs, nothing uh, spectacular. And a friend of mine was in the police. He said, why don't you try and get in the police? They're really big on sport. Uh, so I thought, yeah, it was kind of a career calling for me, as it is with quite a lot of people who joined the police. But it was a thought, well, yeah, I think a good job, obviously. Uh, and the sport was helpful. Uh, and sport was a big thing, as you know, Jess, from when you yeah, joined. Absolutely. So I, I applied for Greater Manchester and for Lancashire. They were both recruited. And fortunately for me, Lancashire were quicker off the mark than Greater Manchester because I lived in Greater Manchester at the time. And uh, I managed to get into Lanks. And this is, this is a gospel truth. I was sat at home in uh, Manchester one evening and I'd been accepted. And I, I don't think I'd started the initial training or I was early in, into it. And Stan rang me at home. And I, I kind of, I, I knew the name, but I don't, didn't really remember him too well. And Stan rang me and he said, I don't, hope you don't mind me ringing you. He said, but you're coming to Burnley when you, when you get in the police. This is true, right. I may not remember. And I said, I don't know, Stan. I said, I've only just been accepted. I'm only just uh, got my foot, you know, I'm in the early stage. He said, no, believe you me, you're coming to Burnley. And he said to me, if you come to Burnley, I play for Lower House. Will you come and play for Lower House if you come? And I said, well, I'll tell you what it is, Stan. I don't know I'm coming to Burnley, but if I am, I promise you, I'll come and play at Lower House. And that's exactly what happened. And I did get to Burnley. The chief super was a guy called Johnny Wigan. Wigan, is that right, Stan? And uh, he was he was a big cricket fan, and I think Stan got in his ear, and he, he got me across to Burnley, and I think that's how I, I came over it. And I never looked back since, really. That, that's really interesting, that, Scotty, because that was going to be my next question. I didn't know, um, I was going to ask you how you came to, to play Lowhouse, and I knew that you'd done working at Burnley, Nick, with Stan. Right. So, Stan, so you've um, obviously got into the Chief Supers here and, uh, and, and got Lowhouse a fantastic player. What's your recollection of that? Well, John, John Wigan was a very uh, important uh, Chief Superintendent. He was the head of the Chief Superintendents Association of Great Britain. So he was no, uh, he was no uh, minuscule Mickey Mouse policeman. But he, he had a great love of cricket. He used to go on the police cricket tours. I can tell a great story about him and Andy McNicholas. Sadly, John's uh, uh, long gone. And I got into the police on the back of playing for the police in charity games through my law house connections. And there were 36 of us on my intake. And at Hutton, 35 got somewhere entirely different. A Southport lad got Clitheroe, that's all. Yeah. And I went to be told where I was. And I could read a post-it upside down on the file. Must be posted to Burnley. Orders, Chief Superintendent Wigan. He wanted a good cricket. Brilliant. And I was grateful. I never looked back. And as soon as Scotty came on the radar, John Wigan, Sam, what do you know about this lad? I said, wow, wow. I said, the greatest wicketkeeper I've ever seen. He said, uh, we'll have him. And that, and that was it. Get in touch with him. We'll have him. John, we've ne- John, and we've never discussed that, me and Stan, before tonight, you know, have we, Stan? Say again? I don't think we've ever discussed that before tonight, have we, Stan, that, that inst- how that happened? I don't remember. Certainly, certainly not that I can remember, Chris, but to be honest, it was, it was uh, I just saw it as a matter-of-fact thing. Uh, in those days, sport was very important yeah. uh, for the welfare of the troops and a bit of physical activity. And John Wigan was cricket bonkers. He was a hugely influential police uh, senior officer. Enough said. Yeah. That's so cool. let me get it right, Stan. We've got 
you know, you're you're in the police. You've got chief super speaking to a police constable. Look, we've got potentially a good cricketer coming in that could that is clearly going to be a good lad because he plays cricket. We want him to come into to Burnley police area in you know in Pennine Division if it was then. And then you've took it upon Burnley Division. Burnley Division. Right, yeah, before my time. So then you've took it upon yourself, some might say a little bit devious, to add the bit, come to Burnley if you play for Lower House. Chief Superintendent Wigan have told me that he will be coming to Burnley. And like I say, he was a very influential man. He will be coming to Burnley. And I knew Chris only from that one meeting north of East South. And he was a fab he's a fabulous guy, we know that. He's a fabulous guy then. We know he's a chess puffer. Uh, straight back chest buffer. We know that. I'm not a cap duffer like you. <laughs> so, thanks very much, Scotty. That's fantastic. Your career there in, in first class cricket, yeah. you know, so interesting. Gary, have you any observations around that that, uh, that you want to bring up? I think the, the obvious one, Jez, will be, um, you know, in terms of uh, your cricketing career, Chris, who, who was the standout player who you sort of wither against, who you, who you, you know, you were on the pitch with at the same time and just did something that you thought, you know, was out of this world or just looked a class before, above everybody else? Yeah, uh, from, a, from a keeping against, a player I played against, Dennis Amis, uh, if you remember him opening bat for England yeah. in Warwickshire, class, class player. And his bat always seemed about six foot wide. You know, when you were behind him, he never looked like he was going to miss uh, miss a ball. Uh, so I had a lot of time for him. And uh, Zahir Abbas, a Pakistani international Gloucester. cricketer who played for Gloucestershire. And he was very wristy. In those days, you didn't see a lot of the wristy seat now all the time, the wristy type of players. But he would play with a straight bat. And then at the very last minute, he would use his bottom hand uh, to manipulate the ball away, you know, with power as well. Very last minute, bringing his wrist into play. So they, they were a couple of batsmen who stuck me. I, did, I was fortunate enough to play against the likes of Boycott and Bolton, uh, who were obviously very, very good players. But if I was to put the two that I that really impressed me would be Amos and Zahir Abbas, from my own personal uh, viewpoint. Uh, Keeping-wise, keep uh, again, I kept uh, some uh, very good cricketers. I think Michael Holding, probably was Colin Croft, uh, who was uh, in Lancashire's first team at the same time as me. Flattered to deceive. If he got him in the right frame of mind, he could be lethal, you know, and he could bowl sides out, but he would only turn up every now and then to do that. You know, he had to catch him in the right frame of mind. But on his day, he was as good as that. Uh, but I think Michael Holding would have to be. And, he, and when he played for us, he was running off a short run most of the time and do it both ways without any change in his action between you. He, he would just, as you know. So that they would be the, the highlights of players I played with. That's one. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic, Chris. Thanks. And then, and also, you know, we can't forget, you know, you're playing with Clive Lloyd, David Lloyd, and, and those sort of players as well. It's uh, it's fantastic. Admitted uh, both hands. I'm not sure why he logs on to his computer. He's a retard. <laughs> I mean, for, for somebody who, was, uh, who did very well at, uh, at grammar school, he's on Victor Ludor and board at uh, Burnley Grammar School, obviously went to university, 
rose through, you know, did came out of there well qualified, rose through to the the high ranks of senior waiter and catering officer in Burnley. I mean, <laughs> just unbelievable. Yes, he's talking me. Before me, you and Stan, you know, go on to games that we can talk about or, you know, or, or little stories that happened, it's just, Joe Martin, Is have you got anything you want to, to just bring up before you listen to these old stories about <laughs> coming to Lower House and after his first-class career? I speak to a lot of people at the... I think I'm, I'm slightly different to the majority of the other younger players at the, cl- the club uh, in that I talk to a lot of the old older players about what used to happen um, and one of the people I always talk well two of the people that I usually talk to are Keith Rusty and my uncle Ian uh, Shez uh, and they both say if I were picking a Lowerhouse best 11 Joe you won't get in it because Chris Scott was the greatest wicket keeper I've ever had I'm not sure about that Joe but... well I am <laughs> I don't think you've seen me keep I've got no. lots of bruises on my chest. Um, what was it like, sort of transitioning from playing professional cricket to moving yeah. to playing with Stan? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I also played midweekly cricket for uh, Burnley Police up at Townley. You know, I right. you know playing first class cricket. Like I say, I had a year out to be fair, where I'd gone back into league cricket before I came, but it was difficult. Um, you know, yeah. You, you used to, you know, you walk on Old Trafford, it's like walking on concrete and, uh, you know, your spikes would, you know, would cut through the uh, the turf as, as though it would, even the outfield was, was hard. And you come playing back in the leagues and there were uncovered wickets in those days. We didn't have covers like we have now. And it was like playing on a mud bath sometimes. So just from a, the game perspective, I've grown up on that like we all had, you know, so that wasn't too bad. But I, I did find myself, as I said earlier, I just needed a bit of something to uh, needle me to get me up for some games. You know, I, I was never any good at just going, I couldn't just set my stall out, you know, and just can't, not go through the motions, but do it nice and easy and make it all look so simple. I was never good at that. I'd, I'd, I'd lose concentration. I, I wouldn't be, I needed either to get myself up, because if it was a big game, we're playing Burnley, I'd always get myself up, you know, so if it was a big game. But if we're playing church on a, on a wet and windy afternoon up at church, I just need that bit of aggravation, Joe, you know, just to um, get me in the game. And, and I'd have to create it sometimes by being a bit obnoxious to the batsman or someone had set me off or Stan had set me off. Someone had set me off and uh, that would get me going. So I won't say that I found it easy. I didn't. I, I, I'd like to think I, I did OK, but I don't think Laura, if I'm really honest to you all, I don't think Laura saw the absolute was capable. But I'd like to think whenever I walked out, I did, I did try my best, but I sometimes just needed that extra bit of motivation to, uh, you know, to get me through it. But I enjoyed every minute of it. I mean, the people we're mentioning, you know, your uncle Ian, who's a lifelong friend, Rusty, Alan Alden, Roger Bromley, Brian Holmes, Jez, Gary, friends for life. You know, I, might not, I, saw, I saw Gary in Fensgate a few weeks ago. He we were up north, and uh, it was just like stepping back in time. And, and there were tremendous people I met at the club, and the supporters as well, of course. Some great characters who and watched week in, week out. And we had some rough times, you know, but they were there every week, uh, giving us a bit of grief sometimes, to be fair, when we deserved it. Really good people. Yeah, great, great, Joe. It is, it's, you know, I, none of us understand that transitioning from professional to amateur. Stan, have you anything to, to comment on around that side? Yeah, I think so, Jez. I mean, Chris, you've sold yourself short there. Uh, I can understand why 
why you felt sometimes you may you may be not have been a hundred and ten percent, but you were never below ninety eight. I never I never came off a cricket match with you, no matter how we and thought that Chris Scott hasn't given you. You were an absolute hundred percent. But I do know that you were particularly harsh on yourself. On the times that you packed in, I remember asking you and you said, I can't achieve the heights no. that I've previously achieved. And I think we can all appreciate that, Chris. Because I we've frustrated, all Stan. I did get frustrated. We've all been there, we've all thought, for instance, in maybe in Jez's case, that ball would have bowled him out two years ago instead of hit for four. In my case, he got me out. Uh, and it will come to it will come to everybody. And the balancing act is, is not and appreciating it. I think you're particularly harsh on yourself, Chris, as you yeah. always have been. Yeah, I think you're right. I am. I am that way. I am. Uh, whenever I do, I play golf. I talked to Joe uh, just a minute ago about golf, and I'm the same at golf. I, I sometimes have a mindset that I'm a professional. You know, I play off 18. You know, I'm rubbish. But it, but I have that harsh. I'm so hard on myself, and I think I think that's fair comment, Matt. I was very harsh. So. Well, you are, Chris, because. You tried everything after cricket, swimming, cycling, yeah. <laughs> needlework and crochet. Failed them all. Failed them all. Needlework and crochet. You've done the lot. <laughs> so Gary, I know you've you've come in. We had a conversation over the last few podcasts about your captaincy. And, you know, what is your, you know, your memory? Not is Chris is still with us, but what's your memory <laughs> Chris at Lower House? <laughs> and your, you know, your, your thoughts about him now. Well, I, th- I think when I, I came to Lawrence 90, and I think, obviously, Chris had had a period uh, in the 80s playing and then came back and played a couple of years, early 90s. I think you were captain, Jez. And, and so I, I think I played, and, and Iggy had been played, but you'd, see, you'd seen other keepers around the league, and they were certainly generally, uh, obviously, a lot higher standard than I'd seen sort of previous cricket playing. But then Chris comes and plays with us, and it's just, it's another level again, up, obviously, you know, professional uh, cricketer, but, but, but just... And, and they say it about all good wicket keepers, I guess, you know, how natural and easy they make it look and it, you don't hear the ball hit the gloves and all this sort of carry on. But there was a, there was a, there was a, a funny, a funny tale talking to, we were talking earlier about him saying, you know, getting wound up about something and you didn't like people uh, backing out the crease. And I remember we played Aslinden and it was a rain affected game that we got a half decent score, but suffered because it, uh, rain had come halfway through it. And they were, they, Aslinden were heading, heading for, for, for a victory. Mickingham came in, they didn't want so many. And, you know, he, he likes to wander down, doesn't he? He likes to sort of get medium paces. Uh, I think he would uh, put, put him to the sword a bit. And Stanley were bowling. And Chris, um, you know, he's obviously walking out with his crease, Mickingham, not having this. And he says, he says to other end, just tell, tell your skipper to put, put showers on. And, and they're like, what are you on about? Tell your skipper to put showers on. I'm coming up to wicket. So Mickingham's like fuming. He's he's obviously not not right happy about this. And I think it might have been second or third ball after you said that. Sure enough, stumped down leg side off Stanley. It it was unbelievable. Never seen us. Never seen anything like it. Obviously, (laughs) Stanley not not that quick, but and yeah, and just a a privilege to play. And I think you know, I wish you'd have stayed in that side a lot longer. I think. Yeah. uh, Thanks, Gary. Yeah, I do remember that actually. Now you mentioned. Yeah. That was a a little bit like that. Trying to make things happen, I suppose. uh, Yeah. Where I could, you know, influence things. The trouble is with cricket, as we know, it's not. It's a non-contact sport, isn't it? And we've all been there where you just wish you could, you know, throw your gloves off and do a bit like ice hockey and have a, have a rumpus. <laughs> so, you you know, so you're a bit restricted in what you can do. Or a two-footed tackle or, or whatever. It is, 
I mean, that is right, you know, you, you've just said there, Chris, a sentence, just trying to make something happen. And that is something that, you know, and me and Joe Martin and Ben Heath and, and, and other players at the club, that is so important. Let's yeah, just make something happen. You know, you know, if it goes wrong, Jess, you know, you can let yourself down, let your team down, but I'd rather try and make something happen and take the consequences than just sit back and let things happen. If we had a score on the board, I'd like to back us to win, you know, because I'd try and drag us over a line. You know, I'm not saying that to blow my trumpet, but that's how I honestly felt. I'd drag us over that line, you know, if I could. Yeah, certainly feel in second. Joe, Joe Beneducci, I'm sure uh, you've got a few observations on Chris's career at Lower House. Um, I mean, it's just great to hear everybody talk so positively about about him. I mean, I never, I never played in the first team with him. He, he won't remember this, but I do think I played a couple seconds of games with him when I was a, when I was very, very young. Very young. We did, we did you play a few second team games right at the, at the yeah, back end. Chris. I finished in seconds. Yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, fielding. So that was that. So that was great. I I enjoyed that. That was a, a really good yeah. time. I remember you, Joe. I definitely remember you. You know, playing that time. Yeah, it was. It was so you know so inspirational around those um, around those games and the, the the periods. And it is we all come and go, and it's an amateur sport, and that's why we you know, we come and go from it. But it was fantastic. Stan, have you any thoughts um, before we start looking at games that Chris has played in and some stories about his career? Well, I have, Jez. The thing that really strikes me about this is Joe and Joe and yourself are heavily involved in things. And, and I know for the various reasons that, uh, that, that Gary and Chris aren't. Uh, but what a great shame it is that these two lower house stalwarts, for, for personal reasons and, and very valid reasons, are so far away. Because these, these lads are what Lower House Cricket Club is all about. Two good cricketers, Scotty was exceptional. Two great Lower House people, two great team people, two fighters, two, two stalwarts that would die for the club. And uh, uh, this has been a wonderful experience tonight on this. And I hope we can do it again. I know we've, we've things to talk about, but I just wanted to get that in. Done, yeah. Send more house to save the house. 